Our Love Should Be Ridiculous. Written and read by Stephen Sanders. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Romans chapter 12, verse 10. Every once in a while, you meet a Christian who just flat out makes you feel good about life in general. It probably doesn't happen as much as it should, but nonetheless, it's always nice to see. Even though it may just be a brief encounter, you leave that conversation feeling important, hopeful, and restored. Sometimes it's even so powerful that it inspires you to become a better person. I recently had an encounter with a certain pastor who just flat out blew me away with the way he carried himself. This was actually my second time meeting him, and I just can't describe the attitude of this man. His love for God and for people was simply contagious. Everybody in the room was just so peaceful and complimentary after he left. I found myself wanting to be more like that because, well, I'm not. Showing brotherly affection towards others is not something that comes naturally for me. I tend to make a lot of excuses when it comes to being more outgoing and more loving. After all, it's much safer to just ignore people I don't know or have things in common with. That makes perfect sense, right? It's wiser to just let someone else share God's love with them, somebody who can minister to them more effectively than I can. God continues to deal with me about this on a daily basis. Not only is displaying love towards one another one of the chief commands of the Christian faith, but it's the core of who Jesus Christ was while he was here on earth in the flesh. It's easy to assume that Jesus would have gotten along easier with church folks, but he actually spent all of his time with tax collectors, prostitutes, and such, people who he had absolutely zero in common with. The religious people of the day mocked Jesus for loving the way he did. Jesus' love was ridiculous. I've been studying the heck out of the book of Romans lately, It's been great because I've begun to see the continuing contrast between these church folks and the actual church that Paul was ministering to in those days. The church folks were so proud of the list of regulations that defined who they were and set them apart from the society in which they lived, while the actual church simply grabbed hold of the free gift of Christ and displayed it openly to that same society. The church folks disqualified others from becoming God's chosen because of what they were unwilling to do. But the actual church made no assumptions about who could and couldn't be saved. The early church let the good news of the cross speak for itself, and they would scream this truth to everyone, everywhere, even if it meant dying a gruesome death. Their love was ridiculous. In today's culture, self-sacrificial love to the point of death sounds just as extreme as it did back then. So many of us make excuses as to why we don't need to love like that. Christians and church doctrines manage to create these unwritten laws that shield us from having to actually love like the Spirit of Christ so desperately wants us to. We take specific scriptures and turn them into shields for our own protection. Take Romans 12, 1-2, for example. It says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. 
Until recently, I'd only recognized this scripture as an instruction to beware of society and all of its influences. And it's true that the world does things way differently than the Holy Spirit does. But I've always overlooked the importance of test and discern what is the will of God. You see, we cannot test the will of God if we are so far removed from society that we are out of touch. The same enemy society that we are not to become influenced by is also the same exact place where God has strategically placed us to seek His will for our lives and display the gifts and talents He has placed inside of us. Sound impossible? It's really not. It just takes a ridiculous love for this lifestyle to be functional. In actuality, it may appear to many as being very dysfunctional, but that's okay. This Christian walk was never meant to be something that caused us to take ourselves more seriously than we ought to anyway. To tell you the truth, Jesus said that the actual church would confound the wise and shame the strong. So don't be afraid to be excessively full of life, hopeful, positive, and patient when others try to make that difficult to do. Look for excuses to just randomly meet the needs of others, especially your enemies. That's love. That is love. That's the sort of thing that everyone, Christians and non-Christians, long for deep down inside. And that's what the love of Christ is all about. Intersecting Faith and Life I'm challenging myself and you to reach out in some way to someone every single day, starting today. God has radically changed our lives. He has given us something that is more valuable than anything. It's time we share it, not from a soapbox or inside our church walls or on Facebook, but in the everyday hustle and bustle of where we already exist. And be proactive, because chances are, if you don't, then no one else will. For further study, read Romans 12, verse 1. The love of God is immeasurable, it's unchanging, it's indescribable. Because God loves you so much, you can sleep through the night in peace. With Abide Bible Sleep Meditation, you can fall asleep fast with relaxing sleep stories based on Scripture. To start listening now, go to lifeaudio.com or search your favorite podcast app for Abide Bible Sleep Meditation. You can also download the Abide app for more biblical meditations at abide.com.